there's no part of our life on this planet that isn't crying out for change. And we cannot hold on to the way things have always been or we're supposed to be, right? We have to really stay open and focused on what's possible. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. It's great to have you with me today. Question for you, what if you have a big dream? A big dream, maybe you haven't said it out loud, but it's in your heart. It's got this, this oh, maybe you got some butterflies that are swirling around this big dream because you're excited about it. Maybe you're even nervous to even share it with friends or family because you don't necessarily have the credentials or the experience or the money in order to make it happen. And you're like, I, I don't even want to say it out loud because it feels so big. And yet the people around me may laugh at me. Well, in 1996, Whitney Freya, our guest today, she opened an art center in Nashville, Tennessee with zero art experience or training. Yes, zero art experience or training. She had not even painted since her freshman year of high school, and she had actually never even painted on a canvas, but she had a dream. Now, she has lived many years since that point and painted many canvases since. She started painting, 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 and began to find that inner peace was just one brushstroke away. And now she teaches people like you and me, who maybe we can't paint, right? Maybe we're a little too scared to put that brush down on the canvas, fear of messing it up. Now she teaches us how to find that inner peace and unlock that creativity and really find alignment in our lives. Now she has a new book out called 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Visible. And in this episode, we talk all about her book. We talk about sacred geometry. We talk about painting and peace. Whitney is an incredible woman. You are going to love her. Hey, if you enjoy this episode, will you tell a friend, say, hey, you got to listen to this gal named Whitney Freya. She did this crazy, amazing thing. She had this big dream. She opened an art center and now she's like a modern day mystic. Yeah. And she teaches people how to paint, but not just paint like, hey, you're going to paint to sell this stuff. No, paint in order to find peace. That's what you'd say to them. You would. You would. That's what you're going to say because you're going to love her. Hey, tell them to listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast. Have them open up their podcast app, search Inspiration Rising, click subscribe so they won't miss a single episode. All right. Hey, let's jump into this conversation with Whitney Freya. Well, Whitney, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this conversation, David. Thank you. So we're going to talk about your book, and then we'll kind of dive into all these other, you know, subjects that kind of come out of it, including your life. And so as people have heard, the name of your book is 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Visible. Um, And this is a unique book, 
tell tell us about it. Like, tell us why you wanted to write it, why you wanted to create it, and who is it for? What is it all about? Well, it's a, that's a great question. This book did not evolve in any way, shape, or form on a linear trajectory. <laughs> I was getting um, kind of prompts or little inspiration. And and you know these, like when you hear something or see something, and there's like that spark, that energy that just makes you stop for a second and go, huh, right? And this is everything from being a part of a big group mural that I was organizing at an event, and someone put unstoppable and dream in two separate sentences, but close to each other. And I was like, unstoppable dream. Hmm. You know, so that was like kind of the first little clue. And then I spent 20 hours in complete darkness um, right before New Year's on, in uh, 2018. I had just moved so on into purpose? my- Yeah, on purpose. I put on a-, a a night mask, like sleeping mask. And the intention was to be in the dark for 20 hours and then take the mask off um, before the sun rose the next morning and paint. Because I had read that in the Celtic tradition, the shamans were the poets and they would often spend 24 hours in a dark hut and then emerge to write what was viewed as like the most potent poetry, which was medicine. Um, at that time. And so I just, my immediate thought was, well, how much more powerful to be in the dark and then paint, right? So, um, and I had just moved into my house. I'd purchased a house six years after getting a divorce. And that had been uh, kind of the inspiration for a lot of my personal growth and journey. So I was basking in the, you know, fruition of that dream. And it was kind of like, okay, what's the next call? Like what, you know, what am I, what am I being called to next? And, and so, all of those things came together during that 20 hours in the dark, I was meditating and right away I was shown the sacred geometry of Metatron's cube and just understood. So I'm claircognizant. So I just get ideas that I used to think were just random thoughts and that until I realized that they're not random. Okay. Claircognizant. Let's just like, uh, holy moly, let's <laughs> define that. What does that mean? So everybody perceives intuitively differently. Some people, you've heard the term like clairvoyant, which means you see things, clairaudient, some people hear things, clairsentient means you feel things. So people can feel, you know, energy in a room or they can feel sense, you know, they wake up with that feeling that something really great is going to happen that day or whatever. And then claircognizance is when you just, you think you receive your intuition through thoughts, which right. I think is probably more common than, you know, most people think. Cause I certainly just thought they were random thoughts and my mind was going a million different directions or something, but I've come to know and understand that, uh, some of these thoughts are like being given to me. And Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic, you know, she says ideas are swirling around looking for hosts. So I receive those ideas just through thoughts. Um, I shouldn't say just through thoughts, but you know, I have friends who see and hear things and I'm always like, oh, I want to see and hear things. No, <laughs> I do too. I'm like, how do you see that? I know. Can I sign me up for that? So anyway, so there was the sacred geometry. And in that moment, I understood that sacred geometry was this really amazing bridge that could help create union or a sense of harmony with our logical linear left brain and our intuitive, holistic, creative right brain. So sacred geometry is what? So I, I actually got an A in geometry. I mean, I was actually pretty good in it. So, but I don't know about sacred geometry. Right, right. So sacred geometry are 
uh, geometric forms that have been created from mathematical equations that are found in nature. At least that's one way to describe it. So um, the reason they're such a beautiful union is because they are literally like a geometric mathematical symbol of how really mother nature grows and transforms and evolves. So like the architect Gaudi understood this, right? And his architecture followed the same kind of uh, formulas or structure that plants and you know, the ferns and the spirals and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a mathematical nature. And then the mystics love it because, you know, the, some of these sacred geometry forms are found throughout history, you know, carved in the tombs in Egypt from thousands of years ago. So um, it feels kind of like this golden thread, you know, mm. the, the breadcrumbs that have been left for us um, throughout history. And, and Metatron's cube, which is what you saw during this time of 20 hours of darkness. Right. What, what, it, what is, I mean, we, people could see it on the front cover of your book. Um, right. So people will definitely, you'll link to that and take a look at it. But like, how would you describe it? Well, so Metatron's Cube, and, and you can Google it right now if you're, you know, listening, not driving, whatever, but it's it's recognizable as uh, primarily you'll see the six-pointed star or what has also been referred to as the Jewish star. So two triangles, one facing up and one facing down to create that star. And then the structure underneath it is a series of circles. So at its most basic, it's a six-pointed star with circles at the tip of each of those um, points of the star, like the points are the center of those Mm -hmm. six circles. Um, And then when you connect the centers of all those circles, you get a hexagon, um, the cube is in there. So there are symbols for each of the platonic solids, which are like the building blocks of chemistry. And all of those symbols can be drawn from within Metatron's cube. So Metatron's cube on a symbolic level is seen as kind of the, the, like a crucible, the container within which everything comes forth. Um, it's fascinating. I mean, and I'm in no way, shape or form an expert and I'm more right brain than left brain. So if any of you are listening and like the facts and the figures, you know, just Google sacred geometry. Yeah. yeah. yeah, You'll find a plethora of information. Um, but what connected then for me is things that I've read from multiple sources that basically say that our logical linear mind, which is the facts and figures and putting things in columns and labeling, which has clearly been given the platform. It's what's been rewarded and gets the A's and the pats on the back and all that. Um, That part of our psyche, that way of being and perceiving and processing our lives is literally physiologically programmed to resist change because the unknown is unknown and it could be worse, you know, and this is why people, you know, stay in abusive relationships for too long. Cause even though that's bad, the unknown could be even worse. And so how to create uh, a bridge, how to allow the left brain to loosen its grasp and allow you to, to dip your toe at least into the unknown. Um, that fascinates me. Um, it's overcoming fear. It's, It's the understanding that your greatest life's purpose does not lie on the other side of logic. It's not going to proceed logically. And so if you're continuing in the pattern that's kind of been ingrained in us, you know, through our education 
system and the capitalist system. And it's all good. Like, as far as I'm concerned, we're infinite beings. We've got nothing but time. So we create these roller coaster rides. Um, but if you're relying on the logic to, you know, transport you to carry you into your next chapter, you know, that's all sparkly and, and promises great things, but you're not sure if you can do it. Um, you're probably going to stop yourself at some point. Um, self-sabotage, you know, is kind of, I think, a dramatic way of saying, you know, at some point your left brain just says, Hey, we got to turn around because this, there's no guarantees going in this direction. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. too scary. Mm -hmm. So, um, so this fascinates me, and that's why I teach painting as a modality um, for self-awareness and, and personal growth and spiritual growth, because the creativity is inherently dependent on and only knows change and possibility. And it, that part of you is like arms wide open, ready to leap into the unknown, trusting that no matter what, you will be provided for you will be cared for that even in the failures you know we we take back power and discover mm. hidden treasures and so this is what i feel so passionately about especially right now because there's no part of our life on this planet that isn't crying out for change and we cannot hold on to the way things have always been or we're supposed to be right we have to really stay open and focused on what's possible because mm. otherwise i mean i get hopeless you know, every couple hours, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, and then I, and then I, you know, create some awareness and choose. Like, okay, am I going to entertain this train of thought, or am I going to uh, turn my attention in another direction? And I think it takes a constant, constant, uh, constant intentionality. Yeah, of course. Uh, so you saw Metatron's cube and then you developed these, you basically utilize that to see six spheres of wellness. Right. Um, and you've created this in, in the book, like how to cultivate those areas of wellness. Um, th they're love, compassion, courage, alignment, gratitude, and presence. Yes. Um, tell us about those six words. Why are those important and how did those come out of your vision of Metatron's cube? Right. So the next kind of layer of um, this book coming into uh, focus for me was that I was being given a tool, you know, a way for us to remember how to care for ourselves as vibrational beings. So we know everything is energy, right? Science has proven that you put any of us under a quantum microscope and we're just energy. And so, and we also know that energy exists before matter. You can dig deeper into that, but everything exists as energy before matter. Um, it's not, I don't think uncommon for people to understand after, by the time you get sick physically, whether it's a cold or, you know, a more dire, um, uh, diagnosis, there's been some disturbance, some discordance outside or in your life, in your internal world, the energy has been out of balance. You know, you've been in a job that you hate a relationship that was, you know, pick a word, um, you know, not living your truth. And so the dis-ease, you know, comes as a result of the fact that you're not like in a state of harmony. Mm -hmm. And we know, you know, we, it's not easy to, it's not hard to connect with that truth when you're in sure. that state. So what if we really learn to focus on 
ourselves as vibrational energetic beings first. And I had been in the past meeting with uh, just a local group of kind of friends, women that just said, Whitney, come, let's circle up and you share whatever you want to share with us. And so one of those gatherings had led to me musing on like, okay, what are the basics? Like what, if you have these things in your life, mm-hmm. everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And that began the six spheres of wellness. There were four at that point. I mean, clearly love as an energy is everything from that dark chocolate you love to your child, to your lover, to where you live, to the color yellow, you know, just being focused on and making sure you're paying attention to and honoring those things that you love, mm-hmm. right? Um, compassion as opposed to love is where we can cut ourselves some slack, right? Where we can allow ourselves the learning process. I found in my coaching, you know, people expect these kind of instant results and they're so afraid of making a mistake. And without that self-compassion first, it's hard to expand into new parts of yourself because you're Mm -hmm. not going to be perfect right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, courage. I mean, following your heart into the unknown, you know, really Um, understanding and nurturing, like, how can I be courageous today? If my sphere of courage feels dim or small or empty, what are the things I can do that would be courageous? And it may be, you know, cooking pancakes for dinner instead Mm -hmm. of steak, or it could be calling a friend that, you know, you haven't reached out to in a while or getting back into learning something that you had kind of abandoned. Mm. So, um, and of course, alignment, you know, being able to say no to what is not, uh, helping or serving or adding to, uh, your overall well-being and, um, Mm -hmm. and being able to release gratitude. The gratitude chapters, uh, are so, were so fun. I got a really exciting, um, teaching around sending gratitude into your future. So as a manifestation tool, you know, if there's something you want, imagine it already happening and then just express gratitude for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has been really powerful for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the last one is presence because in the present moment, you don't have a history, you don't have baggage, you don't have memories of, you know, times you tried and failed or Mm -hmm. not worried about the future. And that's really the only timeframe within which you can take the leap you know, that you can dare to dream or surprise yourself, uh, you know, channel the words that need to be channeled or, or find all of a sudden the ability, the skills to do something brand new. Mm-hmm. So the idea is if you are really committed to nurturing those six spheres of wellness, which should be pretty enjoyable, right? <laughs> it's not like focusing on, well, I don't know what, but um, if you're spending enough time nurturing and keeping those spheres of wellness full, how do you have time to focus on, you know, what's going wrong in the world or who you don't don't feel love for at the moment. Right. So, um, and and then, you know, I started teaching this online in uh, January, 2020, and we were all, you know, circling up and this is how I write books. I create an online program, Mm -hmm. you know, hold me accountable. And I had this spontaneous, you know, wave of uh, describing this energetic space symbolized by Metatron's cube. So you can imagine yourself in the middle of Metatron's cube, that it was like an energetic Noah's Ark. 
so that no matter what is going on in the external world, you know, whatever stormy, tumultuous waters, you will be safe and protected because you are cultivating a high enough vibration and energy behaves in such a way that like attracts like mm -hmm. that even in the most dire circumstances, you are naturally looking for what am I here to learn through this? What is the wisdom being offered? What, you know, how is this here to support me? Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit. And we all just looked at each other like, you are kidding me. Like, this is <laughs> exactly what we need right now. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it feels to me like such an honor to be able to have the opportunity to write these words down and share it in as many ways as possible. And, um, and my wish is just that people would, you know, open up to the fact that there is so much more on our palette, so many more ways to create and be on this mm -hmm. planet and um, so much possibility. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the call to focus on that right now. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you say um, unstoppable, being unstoppable, um, first of all, this title is very interesting. Like in the, as I read it, unstoppable be the dream made visible it's kind of like oh yeah okay we're gonna dream and but i go hmm okay what do you mean by unstoppable mm -hmm. and what do you mean by be the dream made visible because yeah. that's a really unique phrase i'm not sure i've come across before yes um so let me explain that a little bit through my own journey right because in uh, 1996 actually 25 years ago this month um, I opened an art center in Nashville, Tennessee, um, with zero art background. Like um, the biggest like energy that I had that qualified me to open an art center was that I had been a passionate wannabe artist my whole growing up. You know, I had had an art teacher when I was nine tell me that, um, you know, I had a great eye for color and balance, but drawing wasn't my thing. And so. I took that as I had an inherited that creative DNA, you know, that story like, oh, so-and-so is creative. You're right, not that right. creative. <laughs> and, um, but I was like, anyone I saw painting or drawing, I just would lean over their shoulder, show me what you've done. Oh, I wish I could do that, you know, but I can't. And so, you know, long story, one thing leads to another. And I receive, again, this idea and understanding that, through creating art, we could learn what would help us to create what we wanted into the art that is our life. And so I opened the Creative Fitness Center that I saw as like the YMCA for the right brain. Um, in Nashville, I bought this old house that had 13 people living in it, was not taken care of by the owner. You know, it was the bad house in the neighborhood, um, renovated it till my knuckles were swollen and painted the walls, all these bright colors, which you don't do in an art center, but I didn't know. Right. So like all the paintings were kind of tinted green, if you painted in the green room. Um, but I opened this art center because I was taken over by this idea that through creating art, people could learn what they needed to create more of what they wanted into the art that is their life. Mm. And, and even back then before energy was anyone was talking about energy or manifestation or intuition or anything. Like I wasn't tapped into any conversations like that. It felt like an idea. I described it uh, to friends as like a train, this big locomotive that was coming through and I was being invited on board 
to drive it. And if I didn't hop on, someone else would. And I'm like, but I want to hop on. I want to be on this train. Yeah. And it made no sense. So the first unstoppable for me being unstoppable is being able to receive those ideas and desires that are like feel passionate, whether it's I want to travel to a place or I want to learn how to scuba dive or I want to start a business or whatever it is. But I want you to do that and experience it. And what I believe is that when you feel that high vibration energy, you know, when you feel that enthusiasm for whatever vision or dream you've been given, you can choose to be unstoppable when you understand that it's not about you. It's mm. not dependent on you as a historical being with skills and talents that you've nurtured up until now, because all I'd nurtured was a desire to be someone who could paint or draw. I had mm -hmm. no painting or drawing skills, which I learned like almost instantly, you know, by myself in the art center, because then I just became like I lived in that art center, literally and mm -hmm. figuratively, and I had no uh, like inhibitions or no resistance to learning because I now owned an art center. So I couldn't be like, oh, I suck at this and wad it up and throw it away like I used to. So I just learned and learned and learned. And and that felt like I was unstoppable. Hmm. Um, and I didn't realize that. Actually, a friend had to point out, like, Whitney, you've experienced this unstoppableness ever since the beginning. I'm like, oh, right. You know, but it's it's understanding that call to whatever hmm. it is. Um, so let me help you. Let me, let me try to reframe that. Like, just so I can yes. get it in my head. Cause yes. um, so you're saying that being unstoppable is when I sense an enthusiasm, some sort of vision uh, that, that comes within me, that is uh, I'm assuming coming from the divine or source in some way into me. So I'm getting enthusiastic about it. And um, because it's, uh, there's this level of enthusiasm, I'm invited to participate, but if I don't participate, it will somehow come through the life of someone else at some point. But I have the opportunity to say yes to it and jump into it. And because it is coming almost from outside of me, then I'm going to be unstoppable if I embrace that power. Is that what you're saying? I'm trying yes. to make sure I get it. Yeah, because the way we get stopped is our individual ego looking to our past to be like, are we qualified for this? Are we going to look, are people going to believe us? You know, are yes. people going to pay attention? Um, am I, you know, can I do this even if I'm not good at technology and it would require making a website? Yes. You know, if you rely on your logical linear ego-based, which is fear-based, yes. um, which we desperately need, it's a good mm -hmm. aspect of ourselves, but it for is sure. not your inner visionary. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, and it will stop you. So the way to become unstoppable is to take the ego out of it and understand that like your idea, this dream you've been given is an energy wanting to flow through you. It needs you as the on the ground, physicalized funnel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so everyone who's um, followed a passion and, you know, pushed aside or gently told the fears to take a rest and not participate in the decision-making processes. Um, everyone has experienced that feeling of like things just started coming together. You know, mm -hmm. the people appeared, the ideas appeared. Um, just when I thought it was never going to work, I got a phone call, you know. And so it's understanding that the, the pressure to create this dream into reality does not 
lie exclusively on your shoulders. Hmm. And so then be the dream made visible is, is really understanding like this is a dream, a vision coming, like you yes. said, from the divine, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you are going to make it visible. So you are basically being the dream made visible and um, embodying it, embodying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And then as I'm cultivating love, compassion, courage, alignment, gratitude, and presence in my life, I will be in more of a balanced place to allow that vibration, that energy to flow through me. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, because when you focus on those six spheres, those six energies, um, you are going to cultivate a level of vibration that you could describe as high vibration and energy behaves in such a way that like attracts like. So high vibration attracts more high vibration. Mm -hmm. And so by nurturing that high vibrational state of being, you are aligning yourself with the possibility, the energy of dreams come true. So some people that I work with um, don't have the dream. Whitney, I'd love to have the dream. I don't have the dream. That's okay. Just pay attention, cultivate the six spheres of wellness, and yeah. you will get to that high enough vibration where the thing that lights you up can now like, enter into your awareness because yeah. you're you're at that matching sure. kind of harmonious state. Um, so it works both ways, right? If you have the dream, a lot of times what happens is we get the aha and we get so excited and we share it with a couple people. And inevitably between the people and your own inner dialogue, it's like, oh, you know, I knew so-and-so did that, or they traveled there, or they started yoga, and then they had a slip disc, you know, or whatever. And, and if, you know, if you don't pay attention, you'll end up being like, yeah, what was I thinking? You know, I'm busy anyway, and I don't have a lot of time or money right now, maybe later. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's just allowing us and giving us an opportunity to create awareness around how we process, you know, these dreams, how we um, filter through what's possible or not and illuminating, you know, both sides and giving you a chance to choose. Sure. Sure. I love it. I love it. Hmm. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was telling you, um, I have, have a, your book, I have not read it through uh, completely, but as I was beginning to read it and briefly going through just to get the essence of it in our conversation, I said to myself, oh, wow, I really, I think I need this book. I think this book is for me um, because I, I'm seeing, I, I've just, I'm a late adopter of um, Esther Hicks. I know, mm. I, but because I, I was a pastor for over 10 years in the Christian church. And so, mm. you know, even having this conversation with you is sinful and pretty... <laughs> big ways. Um, uh, so, you know, I transitioned out of ministry 13 years ago and just recently I have become, you know, an avid reader and listener of Esther Hicks and the things that she's talking about with manifestation. And so much of it is based on, you know, um, your emotion and staying in a high, a, a, a high quality, positive emotional state. Um, and she will talk about, as you, I'm sure you're very aware, choosing that next um, the, let's see the next best feeling thought, mm-hmm. right? Get that next best feeling thought to help you move to a better feeling place. But I like what you're talking about is almost like proactively cultivating love, compassion, courage, alignment, gratitude, and presence so that you're staying in that place, you know, as much as possible. 
Um, and obviously there are lots of different tools to do this, but I, I, what you're talking mm-hmm. about really makes sense to me. Um, you, you, um, teach what you call a spiritual painting practice, spiritual yes. painting practice. Um, and I love this quote, uh, that you have is that inner peace is a brush stroke away. Mm-hmm. Now I have done some painting in my life, um, and not recently, and I found it to be extremely excruciating because I wanted it to be perfect exactly. in what I had envisioned, um, yeah. which is pretty much the theme of my life. Um, uh, <laughs> inner peace is a brush stroke away. I would say inner discouragement is a brush stroke away. <laughs> that would be my quote. Fair. Absolutely. But I watched you paint and I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is just like a genius. Look at this. Just mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And you have these beautiful paintings behind you. Um, so it, primarily watercolors seems to be what you work in. No, you've got acrylic. Acrylic. So you're doing acrylic. Yeah. Yeah. Acrylic it looks like watercolor because you're mixing it can. Water. Yeah, it can. It looks like crazy watercolors. Okay. Anyway, yes. blah, blah, blah. Inner <laughs> is a brush stroke away. Convince me, Whitney. Yes. Convince me. Yes. Well, first let me say that there is a, a left brain you know, more ego focused version of art and visual arts and a more right brain, holistic, love-based intuitive version, right? I can walk by a traditional art center that offers, you know, oil painting classes and plain air with da da da, which is fine. I feel nothing. Those no resonance whatsoever. Um, Painting. I've had students tell me like, I went to the community center to take a painting class because I was attracted to painting as a way to relax or meditate or all of that. And they had us painting a barn and like, I didn't want to paint a barn. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That just, that just wasn't the class. And those classes are perfect for people that are attracted to that, but that's not what I'm teaching. And the way all my paintings start is by painting words intentions, what you want, you know, just like Esther Hicks and, you know, Abraham Hicks, which who I have listened to a lot, you know, talk about sending out your desire. You know, they've used the boomerang as an example. So I paint into my paintings, the, the intention, the I am statement, the present statement, that is what I want to get to. Mm. Um, When I got divorced in 2012, I left the 700 acre ranch and the new home. We had just moved like a year before from Nashville to Oregon. This was the dream come true. The husband didn't have to work anymore. I was going to have more time to do my work and, you know, got there and it was like, okay, I get it. Like, nothing is really going to make you happy. And I just got to go be happy. Right. So I left a lot of financial security. I left all this. I mean, every inch of that house I had painted, picked the color, designed, you know, artistic chandeliers and metalwork and all of that, because none of that makes a freaking difference if the energy isn't there. Right. And it was scary as hell. It was not a a popular decision. You know, I had three little kids and anyway, it was, it was, it swung between being a total nightmare and then like total bliss and personal liberation. And, you know, um, it was intense. And I moved into this house with gobs of wall space, like an unusually a new large, home, a different a new, home. Yeah. A rental house close to my kid's school. And I painted, I mean, my painting practice took on a whole new level. I mean, sometimes I would like crawl to the canvas and paint things like, you know, I am happy. I am abundant. I am 
earning a living, doing what I love. I am in my new house. I am sovereign because I say so. I painted because I say so into so many paintings because I had to shed my old, like wanting recognition and approval from everybody else. Cause I had just done the unthinkable, you know, we looked really good from the outside. You know, some of you know that, um, journey. So, um, so these paintings became where I went to focus on what I wanted rather than sitting there in a puddle worried that I'd screwed up my kids' lives and I was never going to be able to buy a home. Um, I'd go to the canvas and I'd focus on what I wanted. Hmm. And the canvas gives you and creates space that kind of forces you to focus on what you want because you don't go to paint something that you find hideous or ugly or repulsive or sad or, I mean, most people don't, right? Um, And then energetically, the words you paint in there, you then you cover over with color, you drip, you spray, you doodle, you make a mess if that's what you need to do. I've had canvases where I reflect on how the muddy colors, which also create areas of brightness in the painting and how the muddy parts of my life have also given me an opportunity to illuminate um, all kinds of good things. So, so at the canvas, so much happens. Like you're focusing on what you want. You're learning. The canvas becomes a mirror. You know, if you're too critical of yourself and that's keeping you, that's stopping you. If you are a perfectionist, if you compare yourselves to others, if you start things, but don't finish the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So likewise, you can change. You can be the change you want to see just while you're standing in front of the canvas. So you don't have to worry about doing it in the rest of your life because that can seem huge, right? Right. But at the canvas, you can be a wild woman. At the canvas, you can be, you know, the inner peace, yogi, calm, whatever. Like you can practice making mistakes, you know, and you'll feel the energy that I call it like this inner schoolgirl, like, oh, don't do something wrong, you know? And then it's like, oh, it's okay to just splatter black all over the pretty colors, right? And and just magic happens when mm. you engage in the canvas in that way. So you can spend hours at a canvas painting words, scribbling colors, letting it dry, layering it over before you even try and paint anything, mm. right? And by the time you do all that, you're so happy and having so much fun and you're at that peaceful place. Um, Sometimes people see things from within the canvas, you know, like, oh, there's a giraffe, paint the giraffe, you know, the giraffe, look up giraffe symbolism. Mm. Giraffe is all about like this elevated perspective, Mm -hmm. right? So um, you can also choose symbols to paint. My um, second book, Rise Above, Free Your Mind, One Breaststroke at a Time is all four color. Every chapter is, uh, is a different energy or feeling. And then there are symbols that um, are in alignment with that similar feeling Um, Mm. like an arrow for clarity. You know, if you're feeling confused, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know where I fit in paint Mm. an arrow. And in the process of painting the arrow, you're going to be given, you will attract the thoughts into your awareness that will help you. And that very next step, right. Mm -hmm. Present moment. Mm -hmm. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because you know, you can't, you're worried about what's going to happen at the top of the mountain. You're still in the foothills, like just take the next step. Mm -hmm. So so um, you, you offer course courses online where you're teaching people to paint online. Is that, is this true? Yes. Yes. Okay. What is that course called? How would, who would benefit? How long is it? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I have, uh, 
over a dozen online courses um, and they're all on the website. And I have a, a really great place to start is the 21 day painting meditation challenge. It's $37. It uses watercolor. You could use acrylic or whatever. And it's literally music and just watercolor and water dripping and merging and doodling. And it releases people. It frees them up to really understand that there is a new story around creativity that has nothing to do with who's good at drawing or if it looks perfect. It's mm-hmm. it's activating that creator energy within each of us. Um, and so that's a beautiful place to start. That course has led to so many people starting to paint um, liberating themselves from old stories around what they were, we're not capable of because our unconscious mind chunks information together. Mm -hmm. When you do something and understand, wow, like I always told myself I couldn't paint. I can paint. Your mind goes back and starts reevaluating. What are all the other things I've been telling myself I can't do? And it starts questioning. And then you begin taking new steps Mm -hmm. in different directions, just inspired by this new energy of like, wow, I didn't think I could do this. Um, So that's an amazing course. And then um, one of my most popular courses uh, that kind of came out of nowhere, again, it was was a dream that being asked to make visible is a program, the 22-day Tara painting meditation challenge. And we paint the 21 aspects of green Tara, who is a Buddhist feminine goddess of liberation and compassion. And that course is, I mean, they're all life-changing, you know, um, but I have people who've never painted before painting full figure and face and hands and they freak out at the beginning. And then by the end, they're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, the, the ahas are are just endless. Um, and then of course the unstoppable dream course that's based on this book is, um, organized into seven monthly modules. You have lifetime access, but I want people to give themselves seven months to really learn and align with this truth, reality way of living as a vibrational being and cultivating the high vibration and identifying where, there's heaviness or where you're holding on to something low vibration and changing everything from how we speak so that our words are in alignment with what we desire, mm. which too often, you know, we're like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm not good at that. And I don't have a lot of money. And my friends tell me no. And, you know, like we, mm-hmm. we just follow up our desires with words that are not in alignment. Um, so that is a really amazing community. And I meet with them a couple times a month. And um, that is a blast because people are doing things different, you know, just little micro shifts in how you um, approach a new idea can create tremendous change. So one, one last question um, regarding all of these things that you're creating, um, because I'm noticing, and I work with um, women helping them get started in businesses. And oftentimes they may have a very um, creative approach to life. And they find that creating and finishing courses and or projects or resources or services, you know, whatever it might be, can be difficult. And so I'm hearing that you've created all of these different resources. Have you done that primarily through learning how to you know, kind of start and create and finish the projects on your own? Do you have assistance in doing that? How how have you been able to pull that off? 
Well, um, you know, there are no overnight successes, as you know. I mean, I started teaching online in 2009. Um, I didn't really have um, the assistance that I think you're referring to until uh, spring of 2018 when I found a woman, hired a woman, um, Don Sinkula, to run kind of the left brain part of my business, which sure. has been my goal all along. So, you know, 20 years in, I got there. Um, but no, it was... I. I mean, I created most of my programs with my iPhone and whatever video software came on my computer. Um, my biggest piece of advice to women starting a business is to focus on the finished vision, right? Like what you're there to create the big picture, like stay tapped into that, that you know, way you're trying to change the world or your mission. Um, stay present in the process and do it your way, like be as authentically you as possible. And, you know, for some people, you know, doing Facebook lives every Wednesday and then sending this out every Saturday and doing is great for other people like myself. I, I post and share and email when the inspiration hits, you know, and, and I show up authentically and in people have been on my Facebook page for a while. They've for sure seen me cry. <laughs> They've for sure seen me in like morning bedhead and no makeup and just like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, and that was one of the messages I got early on along with my painting and um, a process in Rise Above, the clarity session, where I drew a just kind of an intuitive drawing. You scribble and then you kind of, what does it make you think of? And I saw a hot air balloon and I was trying to create a new story around my belief that I could grow my business because I didn't, um, I don't love numbers. I don't love structure. And so I had a fear that I wouldn't be able to grow my business because of that. And so I did the drawing. I saw hot air balloon. And the message I got was if I keep my vibration high and share from that place, it will be blue skies. And so the hot air balloon is what I would bring to mind when I started worrying that I wasn't going to be able to make enough money to buy my house, right? And that kept me in a state of being that allowed me to be authentic and to, you know, get after it, like keep going for it, even when, you know, it, the external results weren't always there. And, sure, sure. Um, and that has served me well. That's awesome. That's good. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love, I love what you're doing. Um, I really encourage people to check out your website, WhitneyFreya.com. And of course, that's in the show notes. A link to your book, 30 Days to Unstoppable, is in the show notes. And your Facebook and Instagram, you can swipe up and click on those links now. Or you can go to our website, insporising.com slash WhitneyFreya and find all of these links. And I uh, encourage you to watch some of Whitney's videos of her painting because it's super interesting just to watch her process. So... Whitney, thank you for what you're doing and thanks for sharing a little bit about it today. I appreciate it. Thank you, David, for creating space and opportunity for me to do so. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. 
I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. 